I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Milestone Pursuit podcast. The podcast that brings you a variety of things. It brings you conversations with the elites that are part of our scheme to invest in the underfunded British elite marathon runners and most lately we spoke to Natasha Cochran about courage it's the podcast that brings you workouts where I do a session I record it and you can download it and listen to it and run along as if I'm there with you and we most recently did a progression run talking about the benefits of progression runs and thirdly it brings you recovery rambles where I jog easy around the forest, the Eppingfield Forest where I live and talk about something that's on my mind or been on my mind. And on Monday the 28th of February, that's what we've got. We have got a recovery ramble. But first, I'm going to talk about my own running. That's something very much on my mind. It's been a bit up and down of late. But I've had a good week. I've had a good week with a couple of good sessions and a good chunk of volume thrown in. Decent amount of volume. And I say it's been a good week because prior to that I'd not been feeling great. From Covid back in November I wasn't really sure if I'd recovered properly. Felt okay doing easy stuff. But anything too long or anything too hard seemed to take it out of me more than I would have expected it to and certainly that I would have wanted it to and I was feeling achy a lot of the time so of course what we're going through at the moment is this kind of level of paranoia and anxiety morning about what Covid is doing to us and about illness in general so I had a little bit of a cold as well nothing too bad at all for living living a normal day-to-day life but as soon as you try and do something a little bit strenuous it was a bit of a challenge so that's been on my mind a little bit of post-covid paranoia but of course it's impossible to distinguish whether it is that whether it's a cold whether I've got general levels of life fatigue or whisper it or whether I'm getting old really hard to pull that apart so I went to see my good friend Joe Dale at Victoria Park Sports Medicine last week gave him gave he gave me a bit of an osteo working over over he gave me a bit of a bit of osteo treatment and a bit of a rub here and there and he put it pretty plainly to me uh, age is a cop out it's not age there might be some joint inflammation might be something else 
but don't assume it's age. And that's an interesting perspective, isn't it? Because as we age, as I'm aging, and as COVID has been around, I think we're, we and I are slightly more sensitive, I suppose, to changes in our body and the way that it works compared to what we, the way that we think it should. But there's no reason to think it should be any different and no reason to think it should be the same either. And in any case, it's impossible to work out what the factors are. So a bit of balance, I think, is required. A bit of a balance perspective. And that, of course, got me thinking about the broader issue of balance. And that's what we're going to talk about today in this recovery ramble. I'm just heading into Thaden Boys, part of the part of the beautiful forest. It's a bit grey today, grey overhead. Getting dry underfoot. It's warm though. Spring is in the air. But it was about this time in 2018 that the beast from the east came along, so don't be getting me sun lounging furniture out just yet. So balance, let's talk about balance. Now I jokingly, sort of half jokingly, refer to myself, to my children as a balancetarian. And that was really in response to them and their drive to become vegetarian. And their perspective is that eating meat is bad for the planet. And they don't like the idea of killing animals either. So they berate me, hey, why do you eat meat? Why, why do you choose to eat meat? They're 10 and nine, if you didn't know that already. Why, why do you eat meat? Oh well, I think we need balance. We've eaten meat for a very, very long time as a species, as a creature. And as an individual, I've eaten it throughout my life. Coming from farming stock, there's never really likely to be much option. But of course, the hunters of the past were also gatherers, foragers, so they ate vegetables too. They ate plants. And so we've always had a, had a balanced diet as a species. And I was a two meat, two meat? A meat and two veg kind of a guy. Certainly my parents were. So always a bit of balance. So I believe that, and I jokingly would describe myself as balancetarian to them, and that I would say too much of anything when it comes to food is bad for you. You need to balance it out. Proteins, minerals, carbohydrates, a little bit of everything. Cakes, sweets, healthy food, a little bit of everything. The occasional McDonald's, which I have to call my children out on. They make an exception to their vegetarian rule for a Big Mac or a bacon double cheeseburger. 
does that work? But it's fine, they can make their choices. Just encourage them not to judge others and their choices. So too much of anything is bad for you. Then we play a game, which I've challenged them on. I think I mentioned this before, is to find something that too much of isn't bad for you. Anything, it's not food, it could be anything. And the only thing they could come up with was air, which I thought was reasonable until I think I said it on one of these. And Kelly Clark pointed out, or gave me a physics lesson, and told me that in a high pressurised environment where there isn't much air, if you suddenly throw a load of air into it when you're breathing, then bad stuff happens. So too much air in certain situations can be bad for you as well. I never really paid much attention to physics. I don't really understand it. But it sounds good. So thanks to Kelly for that. So there is nothing, nothing that too much of isn't bad for you. But balance is more than that, isn't it? Because we live increasingly in a world of extremes. We often think about extremes. It's a bit muddy here. Things are either or, one or the other. But in reality, there's balance to be had. And let's think about that in the context of running. There's a few examples of it, which I think are useful to think about. The first is the balance between recovery and hard effort, between slow and fast. What that balance looks like is really important. And there's lots of people who say, run slow, run slow, run slow. Zone two, training only. And there's other people who say, run hard, run hard, run hard. And they operate in some extremes. But the reality is, they all operate with balance. The great proponent of low heart rate running, building an aerobic base, taking your time, easy miles, long miles, time on your feet, is of course Arthur Lydiard, the great New Zealand coach from the 60s through 70s and 80s. But even he recognised the role of high intensity of hard effort. And it's about getting that balance right that's super important. Too much of anything is bad for you. Too much easy running isn't going to progress your speed. Notice to say too much because easy running can progress your speed because it can enable volume and volume can help speed. But too much speed causes fatigue, overtraining or injury. So get your balances right. And it's sort of something we all know, isn't it? Run hard one day, well, the body's a bit sore. I'll run easy the next day. find your pattern, find your rhythm, keep it balanced. Another area in running 
where it's important to have a bit of balance is in the science of running and run training but balance against our feelings there's lots of uses of science in what we do whether it's whether whether it's knowing how quickly your body is sending oxygen from the air through to the muscle fibres what's happening in the muscle cells whether it's an understanding your lactate levels whether it's understanding power curves heart rate all based on science biomechanical stuff based on science how your body moves the use of your fascia how you use your joints how you breathe loads of applications of science in what we do but if it's too scientific and we're there too much by numbers where does that leave us as humans we're not robots are we how we feel how tired we feel physically how motivated we are mentally how sharp we are psychologically how important our running is to us what stresses do we have in our lives these are all feelings and we have to balance them against the science and therein lies one of the great skills of the run coach or of the sports coach the endurance coach perhaps simplistically it's about balancing the what and the how what are you going to do how's it going to feel and the third area that I just want to touch upon in running about balance is the balance between competition and participation now running is a fantastically inclusive sport we can all do it we can all run over the same courses the same distances in most parts the same events except where perhaps where we have to qualify like championships and there are times in running where it's about participation it's about joining in it's about doing something but you can balance that off against other times when you're going to compete you're going to run hard and sometimes you can do both you can compete you can take people on you can take people down and then you can turn around and congratulate them at the end and participation and competition are the two extremes of inclusion within running in my mind and the irony is they are linked but the efforts of a beginner are just as inspiring as the efforts of the elite different reasons they're going to do different things but many of the feelings may be common many of the thoughts might be common and we're much closer than we think just at different stages of a journey and of course different capability levels and different motivations and that's fine that's what conclusion is about isn't it it's about taking account of people's differences understanding their differences and tolerating their differences 
so moving beyond running now and into the wider world we are of course living in a world where perspectives are often presented in a binary way and we look at extremes and social media facilitates this brilliantly its algorithms point us to stuff that we think we're going to like people's opinion we think we're going to like it perpetuates an extreme perspective and creates echo chambers and then you ally that with contrarianism which is a popular trait amongst many social media people and there are some people within this who've got something to say about pretty much everything whether that is celebrities or pseudo-celebrities journalists or regular punters there are people who think that it's important to say something about everything and a good example is on Big Jet TV we spoke about that last week Big Jet TV where old Jerry was doing his thing commentating on the planes landing describing how hard it is to land in heavy winds and everyone's cheering and celebrating and enjoying it and tweeting about it and then some people come along and go what about the poor people on the planes we're laughing at them how do they feel here's some horror stories from the planes themselves yeah 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 that's a bit contrarian because the reality is the reality is we're all cheering aren't we we're celebrating the skill of the pilots being happy for the people that have safely landed understanding how hard that must have been no one's wishing ill on them no one's hoping the planes crash but we've got to say something that's contrary to the popular belief to create polar opposites to keep create extremes now I think I've said before on here that I've always been a bit cynical and maybe that's coming across now but I've always thought that we're never told the truth we're never told the truth by the media and we're never told the truth by the government there are agendas everywhere and this is before you get into conspiracy theory this is just about agendas certain media outlets have an agenda to pursue certain politicians and governments have agendas and if they shared too much it would compromise the agenda so what I've always thought is when it comes to looking at big items in the news things you hear from the media things you hear from the government is to go okay I'm going to listen to that I'm going to listen to your, what you're saying and I'm going to spend if I care about it I'm going to spend a little bit of time imagining the complete opposite 
what is the complete opposite to what you're telling me and then piece those two things together and somewhere in the middle will be the truth probably may not be a bit muddy again and of course the social media algorithms don't like that do they? they like the extremes they don't want people to imagine opposites and then balance things out they want one or the other and either or and the reality is with all of this it's all well and good me saying all this stuff about balance and how important it is to understand nuance and difference and looking at two sides of a story to piece together the real one rather than one we've been told but that just isn't exciting is it balance is not exciting in our social media worlds in our media worlds it's about clickbait it's about data collection it's about personalised messaging improving the tailoring of the messaging towards the individual rather than communicating to the mass and allowing people to draw their own conclusions we live in a world where extremes are fed well this is turning dark I said I was cynical everything's getting narrower and narrower nuance gets lost the art of debate and disagreement and even changing your mind is being eroded we can't even change our mind is it possible to change your mind of course it is the whole legal system is built on that you may appeal a sentence that's handed to you if you can provide some new information that makes people think differently about something and changes their mind but balance isn't exciting doesn't sell media and there's another downside to balance which I'll talk about a bit later but before I do that I just want to talk more broadly about the subject of balance and get a little bit theoretical because another one of the this is a bit indulgent these ramblings I do apologise but another one of the thoughts I've always had about balance is to use the metaphor of a seesaw which is literally about balance the seesaw pivots on a fulcrum it goes up and it goes down and we're all seeking balance we're all trying to find balance in our lives whether it's work-life balance balance between hard effort and easy effort balance between the number of days you work in the office and the number of days that you don't the amount of work that you do the amount that you don't But on a seesaw, if you picture it in the kiddies' playground, one kid on each end, probably not ideally weighted, identically weighted rather, one's going up, one's going down. And as they go up, they pass through balance, they pass through equilibrium. And as they go down, they do the same. 
and for a fleeting moment there is balance there but it's only ever fleeting because things are moving and changing the weight distribution is changing where the kid is sitting on the seesaw might be changing the number of kids on the seesaw might be changing everything is shifting all of the time and the reason I use that metaphor is because I think it's so it's so simple you've got a desire to be balanced but you're only ever teetering, ba- teetering balances really hard you've got to get everything right and accept that it's only fleeting and while you're up or while you're down it's important to do three things I think it's important to do three things in counter to some easy things that you might think so the first is it's easy to judge it's easy to judge when you're up or when you're down and I mean judge others if you're up it's easy to judge the one that's down and vice versa because you want balance it is also easy to get carried away when it's going well when you're up you're up but it's only a temporary state and the same is true when you're down when you're down it's easy to get despondent and for things to spiral in a disappointing circle of despair but it's only temporary the balance will restore itself and in all cases that balance restores itself when you accept you accept both where you are and that wherever you are is only temporary it's so much easier to deal with feeling down when you know it's only temporary you accept it and the same is true when you're up it's easier to come down from being up if you accept that being up is only temporary then easier to find balance if you accept that it's a moment in time and that's really about another one of my favourite things controlling the controllables there's so much that influences the seesaw the design of the seesaw who's sitting on the other end of the seesaw examples but you can only control what you can control so you move your weight you can change where you sit on it you can add more weight you can take weight away but you can only control what you can control and that's again part of accepting that balance is hard to find and it's only ever fleeting now within all of this it's also easy to think that you have to be a robot that you're not allowed to feel up you're not allowed to feel down and that's not the case at all that's not what I'm suggesting I think it's really important to recognise how you feel in those states 
but realising it's temporary is key. An example of that is my own experience from homeschooling a year ago. Loads of people saying stuff like, you'll look back one day and you'll you'll look at this time as a glorious time where you, you really helped your children and you developed them, nurtured them, built relationships with them that will endure, all of those things. And I'm like, yeah, 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 totally get that, 100%, fully agree, but right now, it's a shit show. It's horrible, I hate it, I feel terrible, they feel terrible, none of this is good, right now. But of course, in doing that, I'm acknowledging that it's right now, and then we will come through it. And the human race, human species, is a particularly adaptable one. So we do come through stuff. And part of that is recognising that it's only temporary. Now, I spoke earlier about the downside of balance, which is, it's not very exciting. Balanced people don't tend to have big Twitter following, for example. Another downside of balance, and the ability to see both sides, or the tendency to see both sides of an argument, let's say, or a perspective, or points of view, is it can be hard making decisions. because you can be easily influenced by the last thing that you heard. The last person you spoke to, the last tweet that you read. So that can make it hard to know what to do. So this is where the importance of purpose comes in. So if you know and have a very clear perspective of what you're trying to achieve as an individual or in an organisation or on a committee of some kind, if you know what you're trying to do at a higher level, then making those decisions on a balanced basis is easier. It's not without its challenges, but it is certainly easier. It's when you're balanced and take different points of view into account, but don't know the purpose of what you're trying to do, that things get hard or things get impossible, in fact. So the importance of purpose comes through yet again. So many repeatable things, aren't they? Control the controllables, having a purpose. I'll spare you the fact that purposes need to be driven by your values for today. But you know the idea. Muddy again. we're coming to the end now we've spoken about balance being an equilibrium but it's not a permanent state we need to accept that it's not a permanent state accept that we're moving from a state of up to a state of down using my seesaw metaphor and we established at the very beginning that too much of anything is bad for you But did we truly establish that? 
or is that just me? You tell me, but I thought of one. There's one thing that we can't have too much of, and that's peace. And I mean that from a military conflict perspective. Disagreement, discourse, debate can all move things forward. Assuming you enter that with a perspective that you are open to change. Military conflict rarely moves anything forward. Peace will out. But in these moments where conflict is around, what can you do? What can we do? What can I do? Well, it's obviously about controlling controllables. And it's times like this where conflict is around that make me want to go and sit in a room and watch a documentary about space or about evolution and see how insignificant this moment of time really is. Not in a depressive way at all, in fact, it's quite the opposite. It's to look at the history of time. I've already said I'm not into physics, so this isn't a physics lesson. So look at the history of time and think, well, we're only here for a very limited part. What we're going through is only temporary. But what's important in all of this is making our time count. We're passing through the planet, we're passing through the universe. God, this is going gone from dark to being worthy. And I think it's important that while we exist, we find a way to make our time useful. And so that sounds terribly worthy, and it's not meant to be, because it's not about making it useful, making a contribution to the world, saving the planet, saving humans, or it could be. And full applause to anyone who takes it on in that way. But also full applause to anyone who knows their own drivers and knows themselves that counts, making your time count can be about you. It's about what you want. It doesn't have to be about everything and everyone else. So I'm sorry if that sounded worthy, if it sounded righteous. It's genuinely not intended to be. It's genuinely intended to be my thoughts, my own perspectives, my ramblings on the issue of balance and how important it is to understand that balance is temporary, so is being up, being down, accepting that is important, working out what you can do to influence it is important and understanding where you sit within the global landscape is also important. So I hope in some small way that's been of use, of help and if not I hope it's helped you sleep. If it hasn't you've probably not reached this part and that's the key thing with all of this, isn't it? You don't have to listen to any of this. It's entirely your choice. Great. So we're going to leave it there. 
that is the end of this week's ramble I will be back next time with either a ramble a conversation with an elite or a workout thanks as ever for joining me and I'll speak to you soon take care